mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work. I am Jono Peck. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Thank you for leaving those kind reviews over in iTunes. I always appreciate those. They help the show. They help other people find it. Everyone wins. So head over to iTunes and leave a review if you have not yet. This week, we are joined by Ryan Chamley. Ryan wrote and directed the sitcom Rosted On. Uh, he's also the owner and director over at Robot Army, which produced the show. So he does a bit of everything. And uh, to those who don't know about Rosted On, it's an Australian sitcom about the hell of working for retail. Any fans of The Office, Clerks, uh, Office Space, rather than the monotony of the office life, I guess it's more about the customers and the crap that people have to deal with when they're in retail. So very funny stuff. Uh, it's up on YouTube, the whole series. And that's one of the things that I talked to Ryan about. Rather than going down the traditional method of chasing after TV networks, they released the whole thing over on YouTube. There's hundreds of thousands of views on every episode. It really went quite viral on Facebook. I even saw clips of it posted by international accounts. So it's not just an Australian thing. It's done really well. So it was great to have Ryan to talk about everything that went into this show and how they made it such a success with a very small budget. So stay tuned for more of that from Ryan. Here he is. Enjoy the show. So how did you get into this? Because I know like listening to some interviews and stuff that you have worked a lot in retail. That was the, obviously the inspiration for this latest show, Rostered On. But how did you kind of stumble into the world of film and TV and production? So I was working in a blockbuster video part-time and I had a daughter and I had was recently married. So my wife and I um, had kids young, quite a surprise. And I was sort of just hating retail but had to support the family and my wife sort of said look why don't you go back and study because uh, I was filmmaking and stuff like I was always making skate as a teenager and I'd done a couple of short courses and just loved it but I, I didn't think that I could make any of it so she said yeah why go back and study I mean we can struggle we can struggle a little bit more now but you get a career at the end of it so I did that and then went to um, I got a production company in Melbourne called Room 3 which where I really kind of got to develop my own sort of style as a filmmaker, but also learn from uh, mentors and then got made redundant there. And so I sort of bounced between retail jobs, music shops and skate shops and sort of freelance filmmaking until I, I sort of went full time. Yeah, it was very much so like storyline of Rusted On, really like Sean, the main character and his photography. Okay, that's pretty cool. How do you start a production company? To me, it sounds like you need to have all this reputation and goodwill and equipment. Is is that something that you had to build up over time or was it something that you you started the company and then you worried about that kind of thing? I'd saved up to buy like a, a Canon 7D and a couple of lenses and when I was getting by on that and then Stu had a similar setup but, you know, we were both pretty busy and I actually hate filming myself and and he hated the editing side over beers one night yeah. like we were on a job together a freelance job and, and we were just like oh we should start a company man yeah it'd be sick and so um i was teaching film i'm at the gordon in geelong and he was he between jobs and i said well if you get enough if you get like a time job so that we're not relying solely on you know the company to to make money then yeah we should do it he found a job at a snowboard shop that week and then yeah, a few days later, we um, we started the company with the gear we had. Yeah, that's cool. Is there anything you worked on before Rostered On? Yeah, he, like we've done a lot of advertising. You're Geelong-based, right? 
Yeah. So I don't know if you remember um, the Geelong video with Darren Lyons on the horse riding through Mallop Street and the the staff throwing it down. And yeah, I've I've definitely heard of it. I have I've moved to Geelong back to Geelong about a year ago, so I may have missed uh, Darren Lyons' mayoral campaign if that's that's what it was part of. But yeah, well. Um, we did that. We've done a lot of, like, I guess, corporate and having work. So we started out doing as much of that corporate work as we can to make money. And then over time, we've had that sort of stuff paying the bill. And then we, it's freed us up to do stuff like Rusted On and um, like a, various short films and stuff okay. like that. A bit of background. I, I think I read an article in the newspaper about the pilot a year ago or whenever it was and how it was going ahead. And here's this cool thing happening in Geelong. And then all of a sudden... I was seeing videos pop up on Facebook, memes and and that kind of thing. Did you ever expect it to reach as, as wide as it has? No, no, no way. Like, we did, did we expect it at all? It was the first thing, like, narrative-wise. To be honest, I wasn't even sure if it was good. Like, I thought it was funny, but I, when I had the, the ideas kicking around for ages, when we launched the pilot, I was so nervous because I'm like, what if this fully isn't funny and I'm just way off the mark? But we'd had a little bit of success with, with I mean, the memes was a great way of getting the word out there. Like, we, that was a deliberate strategy from the start is that we didn't want to be just another one of those things on Facebook saying, watch our show, like our band or like my clothing brand. We didn't want to sort of just have wash over people by advertising to them. So we took little parts of the show and tried to make it relatable. Hey, please watch our show, we would, we'd make a meme and say, you know, how annoying is it when he does this or tag a co-worker that does this and got people to relate. So there was a fair bit of, well, there was a little bit of hype with at least the pilot. And my, my goal for the pilot was to reach 10,000 views. Like that's when I thought, okay, well, this has been a success. And we actually got that overnight. Um, the first night it was, and it just sort of kept going. And I think now it's on about just over 600,000. Mm, it's crazy. I mean... There's TV shows that probably don't even get that much ratings, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's a there's a lot of other web series out there that are that are great, but they just don't have the the numbers that we do. And I think it's just we've managed to stumble on definitely, something. Definitely, yeah. I, like, I've got friends who, you know, I knew years ago, and they joke about, "Oh, wouldn't it be a great TV show, Sam's Warehouse or <laughs> you know, Coles or whatever they yeah. were doing?" And it'd be like. I, get I mean, your shows, it's basically like Clerks meets The Office or something like that. And, and those t like two shows I mentioned are, I think, so popular because people can relate to them. And that's something that you seem to have done here uh, because, you know, everyone either works in retail or they know people who do. Yeah. Is that kind of what the thinking was behind making the show? Yeah, like it was just, um, just thought it's, you know, every retail job that I worked in, you had the characters that were just perfect for... Um, like you've got there's always the chauvinistic pig who's full of crap and there's always like the the backstabbing staff and there's always like um, the suck up and the yeah 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 people so, that take it way too seriously that's it so um yeah. you know it was just very much yeah based on that i guess i was trying to yeah harness workaholics was another inspiration for it so mm -hmm. but i mean i guess it <clears throat> aside from that it just felt doable so, I mean, a lot of filmmakers have, and I, you know, I'm guilty of it too. Like you, you, as a filmmaker, Avengers or, you know, the next Matrix trilogy or something like that. Um, so the, the appealing thing was, it's like, just thought, well, let's just get some actors and 
we can just hire a shop and then we can get in there. So it was a, a relatable idea, but it was it was very doable, which I think was pretty important. We didn't need big sets and stuff like that. You, you mentioned the social media approach and having deliberately designed those memes. Were you surprised to see how far they would pop up? Because I remember like I'm in this Facebook group with about 10,000 people and someone shared one of them one day and I was like, oh, this must be like another Aussie. And I checked and it was someone who had like no connection over here they were in the europe or america somewhere and they'd just seen it on facebook naturally and shared it so did that kind of thing surprise you yeah it blew me away man the first one that really went off its head was one that got i think it got about uh, eight million views or something and at the time it's insane we yeah at the time that blew our mind i mean since then we've gone on to get like 42 million just on one video um and it was that was shared, uh, sorry, uploaded by Comedy Central. And Did they steal it? No, no, every, everybody's asked us for permission, which has been really cool. So That's Unilad good. and all those viral sites, I mean, they re-upload it, but at the same time, like, we get, um, like, we had about 10,000 page likes overnight, and the YouTube subscribers went up 10,000. So every time something goes viral on a page, like it boosts our numbers mm. as well. And what does having a page with, you know, 300,000 likes mean? Because like, does that seem to correlate into views for the, for the episodes? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it means, well, it's, it's probably not so much the numbers, but like um, we have a very, very invested fan base. And I think it's touched a lot of people in the field, uh, so to speak by not only having the gags, but we really put that struggle in there of, of Sean just trying to get by. And um, Paul Moore did an amazing job playing it. So I think people, they they do this a little bit different to other shows. Like there's countless messages come through every day of just people just just venting about how shitty their day was in, in retail. I put up a, hmm. a couple of days ago saying, oh, hey, give us a hospitality story because we might put it in season two. And there was like... 2,000 comments overnight of people just just giving their worst experience. <laughs> so I think the numbers is one thing, but the loyalty of the fan base to, to jump on stuff and share it and post it is pretty amazing. It means that we can we can basically do it and know that we get exposure. I guess for us as filmmakers, it, it's good to have that sort of platform so that when we do other things, like we can sort of hopefully leverage off that fan base to say, well, if you like Rusted On, check out our new new stuff so it's um yeah it's, it's a good feeling and it's it's good when going to be able to say hey we've got you know over a quarter of a million facebook interactions yeah. give us some money and we'll <laughs> we'll make some more yeah i mean speaking of money you've put the whole series on youtube what was the uh i guess thought behind that platform as as the way of distributing it like was that the only place that you thought that you could put it that it would reach people or were there other options like how did how did you come to that i suppose yeah good question well we, we didn't really have any connections with any networks or anything like that. but to be honest like uh, the industry is very very picky and incestuous and, and it's, i didn't really want to have this concept that mm-hmm. i've worked really hard on i didn't want to take it to anyone and have someone in a suit and a tie go oh yeah that's a good idea now let's let's remake it with a cast of house husbands and back to the rafters and we'll take all the swearing out and we'll make it PG and it needs to have like, you know, a young, young love and it needs to have this and that. And I just wanted to basically wanted to remove the middleman because I'm a, I think YouTube's such a powerful tool for getting to, to the end user with no middleman. And 
not to go like on a crazy conspiracy theory or anything, but you know, like everything we see through the media is controlled, whether it's, you know, they decide what sitcoms get made, they decide what's funny, what's, what's not, what's cool and what's not. So I like the idea of just going, screw that, you know, here's something we made and people can interact directly with it and interact directly with us. And it was, yeah. And especially being first time filmmakers in this regard, we didn't want to be taken advantage of either. So we felt like if, if we put it online and had, you know, success online, we could say, well, you know, we've got we've got the numbers and the people and the good feedback to back it up. So Yeah, that certainly seems like the the best route for someone that's trying to bring their artistic creation to life, but often probably not the best in terms of making money. So how did you balance those two things and how were you able to afford to pay your actors and, and all that kind of thing uh, when I guess there is some revenue from YouTube, but nowhere near what you might get through other channels. That that was basically the um, one of the, the hinging things is that none of the actors were paid. Right. It was specifically a love job just because everybody believed in the script. So we had we invested a little bit of money as Robot Army just for props and, and catering, and we had to we had some expenses. Formal, our our lead actor who played Sean. After the pilot, he actually bought in as an executive producer and said, look, I want, to, I want to be more than just a lead. So between the three of us, um, we we had a little bit of money that we could afford to get signs printed and buy stock for the shop and, um, you know, get get everyone fed. But, you know, the, all the cast were there just out of love. And I'm stoked to, stoked to know that since that, I was just talking to Liam today, who plays Brett, and... They're all getting recognised all the time. Like um, Paul huh. can't go into a server or a supermarket without someone coming up to him going, oh, I love Rusted On. And um, Liam was telling me he was bailed up twice at the casino on Saturday night. And there's a lot a lot of them are getting recognised everywhere. So it's it's done a lot for their profile, I guess. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's part of what makes Rusted On so special is that it was like, and without getting all fluffy, it was just a group of artists getting together to make something that they wanted to and putting it out there for people to watch. There was no, like, sort of industry crap or, mm. you know, there was no egos or pretentiousness. So it was, um, yeah, it was really cool to, that to do cool. that like that. So yeah. what's the plan from here? Like, you've mentioned uh, a second season. Is there any uh, chance of, you know, DVDs and, or I guess it's Blu-rays these days, but any other distribution deals, whether it is packaging it and saying, here's the finished product, to Netflix or some other well, uh, outlet? Yeah, so I don't know. My, my, my initial feeling with Blu-rays and stuff is I'm like, why would people pay for that when they can watch it for free? But yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have had have requested it. We've actually entered into a partnership with Ruby Entertainment. So they have come on board as producers and they've produced... They're kind of like comedy royalty in Australia. So they produced the Kath and Kim and the Sean McAuliffe show and... Um, the feature films Cracker Jack and a lot of Jim Owen stuff. And also, depending on how old you are, you might remember Fast Forward and Full Frontal from back in the day. I do, yes. So those those guys have come on board as producers and looking at how we get funding and sort of help us navigate through the industry with their experience. Uh, and I guess taking so we can just come straight on writing, you know, making Pearl and Bart and dick jokes. And then they'll, they'll try and get some money for us to 
to do it. So yeah, so everyone can get paid now. Like I sort of feel like you know we've we've proven what we can do. So yeah, we should be able to get some some funding to um to make some more. But failing that, we'll definitely do it regardless of if we get funding or not. That's cool. It's all really good for you to to say that you know everyone did it for free and it was a kind of a passion thing. But there must have been a, some real grind to get through all that and um, some late nights and maybe some sleepless nights. What would you say was the hardest part of kind of pulling it all together as the people behind it? It was actually really fun. We did some long days. There was one day in particular where we did like 18 hours straight, but we were just laughing our asses up the whole time. It was very rare, but all the actors were pretty much there the whole time. So even if they weren't shooting scenes, they were hanging out, just watching the other scenes. Like the vibe was really, really cool. Probably, you know what? In hindsight, it feels like it's been easy because it's been a lot of, it's just it's just been constant like okay. you know that yeah i have spent a lot of nights like up editing it when i you know outside of workouts it's it's put a tremendous financial strain on on the robot army because basically i'm i'm there working on something that that makes no money and we're running a business at the same time but at the same time like it's just been really rewarding like not not just professionally but i've made a lot of really good friends with the cast and the crew like um we're, we're sort of like a little family now so it's um the long days and the hard work of it is kind of like part of the fun like i can't really think of anything too negative about it <laughs> well, that's good i mean it's always good when you enjoy what you do it sounds like that's the case here <laughs> yeah it definitely. doesn't feel like work yeah I, I there's no way you could do the amount of work we've done on this and not enjoy it it's just pointless and what would be your advice to anyone who's out there? Maybe they've got a little bit of experience with, with cameras and, and writing, but they've never thought to take on something at this scale. What would be your advice to actually get this to happen? Look, as cliche says, you just got to do it. Like, you've got to be the one that, you know, a lot of people will find excuses not to do stuff because they don't have the crew or the equipment or the, um, the cast, but there is, there is means to do it all. You can get actors on a website called Star Now. It's a brilliant website for casting. There's actors hungry out there just to act. You can get crew, like get get around like-minded people and you've really got to distance yourself from the people that say you can't do it. You know, I, I had people tell me that there's no way we could do Rostered On for, for the money we had, let alone make mm. it successful. And here we are, you know, three, three and a half million collective views later. So, but you've got to be the one that drives it. Um, and... Don't be afraid to make something crap. Like, it's um, it's all part of it. <laughs> you know, get out there, make <laughs> make something that sucks, and then then decide if you put it out or don't put it out. But all the experience you get from doing that, you know, you won't do the next time. You're always learning. So my advice is just make everything you can all the time, and don't get too caught up in the, you know, being the next Spielberg or something like that. Just go and have fun. Go and mess up and then and then learn from it and utilize things like youtube and vimeo and and the stuff that's that's available online to get it out there cool man do you have uh plans like any dates in place for the shooting of the next season or for right like have you started writing it where's it actually at yeah so um i just i i've been madly sort of compiling ideas for the for the second season i i've been sort of a bit wrapped up in another project the last couple of months which has been um pretty intensive but that we wrapped shooting on that last week it's another pilot but yeah i've just jumped back into rostered on the week so um yeah the the storyline's coming together it's it's pretty out there and we're trying to take it to the next level from the season one so um yeah i'm pretty excited with the direction it's heading i think it's quite funny and um 
yeah, there's there's a lot of surprises in store, <laughs> which is good. Cool. And is uh, film something that you've thought about doing, or is it are you more the format of the TV that you're comfortable with? Yeah, definitely, definitely film. So even this week, I, I've been chatting um, to a few a few people that it's early stages, yeah, but we're looking to um, to shoot a film next year. It's a pretty I can't really say can't really say much only because I don't know if it's happening and I don't really I'm not sure about a lot of things I'm trying to be that guy that's like yeah oh I can't say too much but you know Avatar comes to mind um, I get it yeah so um yeah so that's definitely on the horizon so the the plan is to do season two of Rossed on um, and then sort of knock out a feature film next year and um, yeah just give it a crack excellent. So, last question I've got for you, Ryan. If you could do anything and know that you would succeed, what would you do? Oh, man. Good question. Um, is, it, is it really arrogant to say it's like I don't, I don't try anything unless I think I can succeed? <laughs> like I, <laughs> no, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like I always, I'm a very optimistic person. So, if I'm like, I'm doing something, I'm like, yep, mm. no, it's going to work. I'm going to kill it. But what if you were guaranteed that you couldn't fail? Guaranteed, yeah. I would pack the family up and move to LA and um, direct the next uh, Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one would you want to get behind? I would love to do a reboot of the X Men. Um, yeah. Now that's in the MCU. Up. Yeah, and um, and just clean up the mess that was made with the last <laughs> clean clean up the mess that Brian Singer made, basically. With the X Men, that would. How would you bring those that many characters into the MCU? Well, it's it's all there, man. Like it's all there in the in the comics. So Civil War was, you know, the X Men had a really big part in Civil War. Mm. They had a, a really big part of a lot of storylines. So it would just be, I guess, that that core team of like, and this is getting pretty nerdy, but you know, that core team of like, um, <laughs> you know, the core five of Cyclops, Wolverine, Rogue, Gambit, and Storm. Oh, and base six and Professor X, um, and just really, just letting the history of, of the characters do the work, man. It's it's not hard to um to make something out of, of the the storylines that they've got. It's literally like 40, 50 years of, yeah, yeah. of amazing stories. It's just picking one and making it look cool. It's um, I think the problem with a lot of the the newer movies now is that everybody's trying to to stake their claim on something or something. No, you've just got to do it as it's written and write your own thing that you want to make make your mark with you know there you go Stan Lee if you're listening hit up Ryan and Robot Army please do make <laughs> it happen drink come through awesome thanks for the chat Ryan it's been really good thanks man I appreciate it thank you for listening that was Ryan Chamley you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Chamley you can also check out Rosted On at facebook.com slash Rosted On watch the show check it out you can follow me on Twitter at Jono himself until next week keep putting in work.